0: Welcome in everybody to Scout's Eye on Football. I am Chris Landry and it is the special edition as we have been doing for gosh the past uh, week, the past few days. We are breaking down previewing the NFL draft. Uh, We're going to take a look at the NFC East today preview that uh, division and um, we're excited to have you with you. So appreciate you joining us. Uh, And um, hope that you can join us uh, tomorrow as well as we're going to break down the NFC North and then on Monday and Tuesday, the well Monday, the NFC South and Tuesday, the NFC West. We're taking a look at each team. What I'm doing is going through my notes of um, evaluation of what they have done and some notes on their needs and notes on what they have done in free agency Kind of where they are as a roster holes that need to be filled. Everybody has them. Talking about maybe some potential looks um, at um, at each of their picks. So we're here to take your questions as well. Any thoughts? Um, see Kevin Balagos joined in cheering us on. Two hundred bits. Let me explain what that is. Kevin is such a a big supporter of what we do here. So if you are listening to this show in a podcast form, join us live, Joe, go to twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football, sign up, subscribe. It's free. And you'll be able to watch the show live and, uh, you know, uh, contribute in the chat room. Um, you can cheer us on a few bits. Um, like, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's real simple. Um, to do, go ahead and go go into the, uh, in the chat room like you're doing and click on cheer and um, remember to hit the heart button at the top page and follow us. Um, It's real simple to do. So uh, we we appreciate your support. We appreciate your involvement there. Um, We also want to remind you about LandryFootball.com all the information that we got there. Uh, we always like to do that. Everything that is related to everything in, in pro football, college football, we're obviously heavily focused on the NFL draft. You can, uh, take a look at each team's analysis that we have in greater detail than we're able to even give here Two. Scouting reports on all the players. All the players that are going to be drafted, signings, uh, undrafted, free agents. Got that for you by position. And certainly the draft boards. The best players overall and where the cutoff points are. What categories these players fit in? In terms of superstar, immediate ability, potential starters, chance to make and contribute, so on and so forth. We've got that all for you. Uh, And understand what that means. We explain it. Uh, How we evaluate each player. What are the critical factors for each position? Got all of that for you. So check that out. Uh, The horizontal board, the um, position board. Um, So it's a great place to be. If you haven't been, um, tellandreyfootball.com. We think it's a great chance to join us sign up using the scouting season, uh, offer. That'll get you the best rate. It's less than $10 a month. It's even cheaper than that. If you take advantage of the scouting season offer. Also, finally, again, uh, repetitive for some, I know, and I'm always hoping that we've got some new folks that are, join- we appreciate the guys that are there. I see fantasy football. One-on-one is joining us. Appreciate you. Hope you're doing well, sir. Um, but a reminder, and a notice to anybody that is joining us, hearing us for the first time, again, maybe listen to us live. You've heard this, but if you're listening to us in podcast form, this is a reminder to join us live, not just next week for the preview shows as we finish up the previews of the NFL draft, but also join us for the NFL draft coverage. Fantasy football 101 suggested it and we, have come through, or at least we're going to try to come through. We are going to do a draft show, um, during the draft, basically kind of take you behind the scenes into what I'm doing. Um, basically I will do what I have to do on draft day. Most of my work is done, but there's call it on call and having to maybe communicate with teams. Um, is what I have to do. I'm gonna open the camera for you and the mic for you to let you see what it's all about. And and I hope that uh, it's something that uh, you're gonna enjoy. So what's going on with the picks, the discussions um, going on behind the pick, getting you prepared for the picks, analyzing the picks, whatever is going on, we'll be able to provide it uh, for you as best we can. The, it'll. I'll be kind of running solo. Um, so it'll be, you know, I may have to step away a little bit here or there, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So we appreciate it. Uh, appreciate everybody joining us and uh, uh, appreciate LSU Talk joining us. Fantasy Football 101, Capilago. If you're out there, uh, give us a shout. Uh, join us in the chat room. Join the buddies in the chat room. So as we get to the NFC East, we've, If you've not had a chance, maybe you're joining us late and you want to find out about the AFC teams. We're doing this preview by position. Um, You can go back and listen to those shows. The NFC East, clearly, not only just the worst division in football last year, it was... It's the worst division in many a year. I mean, there were a lot of years when we've had some teams that are pretty bad, and we've had 500 records and sub 500 records winning. I mean, you know, just teams are really bad. It's 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 really bad, and when a you have a 14 division, um, it, it's it, Look, you have. It's always. I always said when we went to four team divisions, it's it's a little bit dangerous in that, and I say dangerous. You have a, a team that just has a disaster season. We've all seen have injuries and whatnot. Then you just have a team that's just not very good. That's a two team race. It's like you you play all the years, and it's just basically with two teams. Now the NFCs has been competitive. It's been bad, and you know that you get into the playoffs, anything can happen, but probably not. Although we've seen seven and nine teams, seen Seattle beat the Saints, saw Carolina win as a as a seven and nine division winner, seven nine and one, or seven seven and nine, seven eight and one, or seven and nine, whatever they were. Doesn't matter. Um, but it, it's a division that there's everybody has a long way to go. Um, in fantasy football 101 mentioned he's a cowboy fan says when you get to the Cowboys talk about Zeke for a minute, he does not look the same once he got paid. We'll get into that. And the answer to that's just, you know, yes, there's maybe part of that's on him. But if you look at it, they're not as balanced on offense. They're not playing as well up front. Dallas has been built on the offensive line. And we're going to start right there with the Cowboys because we go alphabetically within the division. Um, not Dallas and is up. Um, then the Giants and Philly and, and then Washington. The issue with Zeke is the fact that this team is, is built around the run game and built around him. And when the, Offensive line is not playing as well and the defense is poor and you have to get away from the run game. You lose your rhythm. You lose your focus. You lose your identity with the run game and you lose your pace. And, you know, Zeke doesn't look the same. I, I agree. The issue is why? Well, this is what I think, you know, as, as personnel, people, as scouts, as coaches, we get paid to figure out why always say um, sometimes you get people that are that are the analytics guy and and the analytics and and the pundits will talk about things that are you know what happened well everybody knows what happened what's important is why did it happen how because you know it's kind of like you know well my car won't start well yeah you're right it won't start why okay what the issue. I mean, it's you know you you have to figure that out, and you got to go through the the checkpoints. You know, mechanics do anyway. God help me, I sure as hell can't figure that out. Same thing. So why? And and people will. And this is probably the most comical part is the theorizing of why things are not working with this. And then there are different reasons. Okay, well, Zeke doesn't look the same. Now, he doesn't. Why? Now, he's got the money and it's not as he's not as competitive, not as motivated. Sometimes, that's a factor. I don't know how much of that's this. I think he's had some health issues. I think he's, if you look at him, the first contact, um, when they were playing well he was able to um, get more blocked for him and where he was a little bit easier to get into the second level now it's a little bit more difficult right now the team is not playing as well hasn't been playing as well up front there's you know certainly without dak and 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 even to some degree with him but but really without him there's real no threat to be able to attack people so you you basically got more numbers in the box and so you know the way the cowboys have been built and when they have been successful and when Dak has been successful uh excuse me when zach has been successful they were a little bit more complete because they were focused on the run because they could create numbers in the box and maybe throw and effectively attack you then they could loosen up the box and then they would have a little bit better ability up front to be able to block you, get good numbers in the box, and be able to give Zach a little bit more running room. Um, I think Zach is, has enough power and enough skill to some degree be his own blocker at times, but you're not going to be as effective when you have to do that all the time, time and time again. And then, there's a rhythm factor. If you're not as good, if your defense is giving up a lot of points, it's hard to stay committed to the running game. And then you're throwing the football more and more and not as much commitment to the run. Let's try to run it. It's, it's not quite there. Your offensive line doesn't have that lather. doesn't have that, that juice going. And, and it's just, you know, it's an identity, which is a flowery word of saying you have to get into rhythm of doing it. You ever, I, I don't know what type of work, you know, but let's take whatever work you're in. You know it's it's like for me when and i'm working and and looking at film and studying it it's i can always say and i always know this i have to focus and i have to spend time and i have to try to avoid erupt interruptions because when you have a lot of interruptions it breaks the flow of what you're doing and i think it affects somewhat of an ability to kind of to maintain what you're doing i don't know if you're in sales or whatever there's a lot to that in football. It is a lot about the rhythm that you can build. And then that allows you to be able to adjust and see things and things to flow a little bit better. And I, I think if you lose it, the Cowboys just have not been good at all. Uh, last year specifically, you know, the, the loss of Dax Prescott hurt them a great deal. Um, but the secondary was awful. So again, the defense wasn't as good. And I think pass rush and secondary work hand in hand, we're going to get to the whole team. And, you know, it, it, it certainly affects your ability to keep that pace and get that pace going. So part of it's, you know, maybe on Zach, uh, on Zeke that keeps saying Zach and Dak and, um, it's, it's part of it maybe is on Zeke, but I don't know that I would say, boy, he got the money and he's just, he's done. I, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. Uh, and I don't, I don't think that's what you're suggesting, but it's a question that's valid. So let's get into it again. The secondary was on, among the worst in the NFL. It was in breaking down teams coverage. It was third or fourth worth. Well, it was fourth worth worst in the league. Um, they had, they're tied for the most 25 yard plus touchdowns allowed. It was really bad. Um, Trevon Diggs has a chance to be a player. He's got to progress, but I I think he's, I think he has a chance to be really good. Um, I think they need to add somebody on the other side of them. I think that's really important. They've got the 10th, they've got the 44th, the 75th, the 100th, 116th, 137, 180, 193, 228, and 238, 239 going into the draft. Um, If you take a look at just a number of needs that we've talked about. We've talked about corner. Um, again, Diggs looks good as a rookie at time, but they're gonna need help. Um, Awuze created out better than any of their corners last year and he's gone. Um, you know, certainly understand their situation and the money relative to what they're trying to do, but that's an issue too. When when you have maybe a player that you want to upgrade, but you want to upgrade before you let a guy go, sometimes you have to do it if you don't have a good cap situation and the Cowboys do not, have not, that hurt them. So they've, they're they now actually, as we sit here today before the draft, they are weaker at corner than they were last year. And we'll get into why and maybe some of the issues and what they have done with some of the moves I, uh, in free agency and then go forward with some draft outlook. The middle of the defense up front um, did not grade out well at all. Uh, they've got to beef up the interior. Carlos Watkins, Brent Urban are rotational guys. They're not difference maker type guys. Um, they did make an attempt and aggressively went out and signed two safeties, Keanu O'Neill and DeMonte Casey. Obviously, both Dan Quinn, Falcon guys running the defense. So, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Into, into those two players, rather. Left tackle. Um, look, Tyron Smith is, you can't, at this point, if he's not healthy, it's on you. I mean, meaning you, you just can't be surprised by that anymore. I don't think you can rely on it. I think you've got to look at that and address that at some point, the right spot. Um, Other than Demarcus Lawrence, who can really get out to the quarterback and win consistently? Got an issue, um, center position did not grade out. Well, you know, linebacker, Sean Lee situation. Um, so there's a lot of needs, a lot of needs, no question. Um, free agent signings start with Brian anger, finished 12th in net punting last year. Um, so it's, um, and if you remember him, I still remember him. He was drafted before Russell Wilson, um, by the Jags, uh, but he's, you know, a solid player. Now the two guys that signed at safety, um, Keanu Neal, we're talking about a first round pick Atlanta, very good player. Um, but he's been slowed by injuries. So, there's a hope with health that they can get a good year or two out of him. Uh, he's still a quality player. He's still young at 26, but he's got to rebound and have some good break health-wise. This is what a lot of times happens. Sometimes you have a guy that's aging and he's, you know, 31, 32, and you see that probably not going to cycle back into what he was. This case, this guy's young enough to, but but you don't know that he's going to play as well, again, because of the interest. It's a a question mark. Dominic Casey, love this kid. Locked 10 interceptions in the first um, two years heading into 2020, but played just four games last year after uh, he tore his Achilles. Signed on a one-year deal. So both of those guys are one-year signings. Good signings. See if they can stay healthy, not making long-term commitments. They're two good signings. Um, but it is not necessarily we're going to see. And it's good. Why? Because of what I said. Two good players that have played well. Let's see if they can stay healthy. That's going to be the issue. They can't. It won't be productive. And you say, by Landry, you said it was a good signing. They're not playing well. <laughs> They're not healthy. They won't. But it's a one-year deal, and it's worthy moves. Um, you know, Dak resign, of course. woozy uh, again, um, I think is a good player, and uh, you know, for Dallas, it's not a great to lose him. Xavier Woods was a decent starting savory, uh, safety. I thought he covered pretty well for him, he didn't tackle very well. He's off the Minnesota. Um. You know, Andy Dalton is a backup quarterback, and, you know, they obviously lost him and, uh, you know, we would be in a even dire situation currently if Dak were to go down. So, let's take a look at corner. Um, You've got Anthony Brown, who is a guy you'd really struggle with. As a backup corner, not as a nickel. He wouldn't even be. It's not a starting outside corner. It's not a starting slot. He is a backup corner that you'd like to replace. He's right now. What's starting if you had to, if you had to play today, that's who'd be starting. Well, you don't have to play today. So it's kind of always goofy to say, but that's what we're dealing with. They're not good enough at the other corner. And, and they've got a young corner in Diggs that I think, again, can be a number one corner is developing. So there's a lot of talk about at 10, best corner. Again, what do we know? What do we say about that? You don't say, a corner, take the best corner, Chris. That's it. No. 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 Take the best player. But I do think you look at the board and if you look at the horizontal board that I have in my view, there's pretty good value there at corner. Now, there's value at other spots, and we're going to get to that. So, if they choose to, I think they can get a really good player, good value player on the board at corner, which happens to be a neat spot, be it certain, who's, um, or JC Horn or Caleb Farley. Farley's got so maybe some injury risk, what do you think about him medically? That's a decision you got to decide. Um, J.C. Horn has got a little bit more um, press man ability. Sertain is a little bit more versatile. Sertain can play outside. He can play in the slot. He's a really good technician. He's a really good tackler. He's very sound. He's very, I don't want to make say comfortable, safe. He's just going to be an outstanding player. No real downside to it. We just talked about the safety position. Specifically, you can look at that. We just addressed the signing of two safeties. And again, playing more the defense that they may play in the cover three, a long-term single high safety is something they've got to look at. Now, do they look at it at one? No, there's not. There's not a safety you take at the 10th pick. But it is something we need to look at. And oh, by the way, so if they don't go corner at 10, what could they do corner-wise at 44? Well, Tyson Campbell's probably gone. Asante Samuel's probably gone. Maybe Eric Stoltz, Stokes. Uh, Melifano, maybe is late even with their third pick. Kelvin Joseph's gone. Paulson Uh Benjamin St. Justin. Cameron Bynum at 99. Those are some options. At free safety, value, if they wanted to come back and say they got their corner or in another position at, at 10, at 44, Richie Grant would be really good value there. Andre Cisco, um, Javon Holland, Sisko is an instinctive playmaking fool. Holland, um, Dean Stearns at 75, those are some options. Darius Washington, DeMar Hamlet. Now, at 10, defensive, uh, excuse me, at, uh, at 10, depending on what they do, it creates some other options. What are some other needs? We just went through a bunch of them. Defensive tackle, we talked about the need there. There is not good value at ten, at defensive tackle. In fact, the best defensive tackles don't have first round grades in my view. There'll be two of them go, and I'm curious to see how high does um, Barmore, you know, as a from Washington, go, and and uh, Davion Dixon, Nixon goes. I mean, I think he could go late first, early second, because there's not much depth there. Be careful; you can go get yourself a good player. Your need is so great you go yourself a good player and leave a better player on the board at another spot. But that's a need for him. No question. Um I think there's hope for Nevin Gallimore. Um but Tristan Hill's not not what they thought. And um we'll see. But again, you don't force a pick there. You try to do something with a veteran, and you you don't pass over uh, a better player. But I don't think Ozilworsi is going to be there at 44. Nixon, I don't think he will be there at 44. But that would be that would be uh, for them good value. I'm not. Um, I think somewhere in the third round, you um, you could probably get. Some right uh, somebody by like Eileen McNeil, um, I think maybe a third round option for them. I'm not crazy about, you know, Marvin Wilson is the type of guy that they would draft. Be intoxicated by his size and speed, he just doesn't play well, and I don't think you can trust him. So, um, and then the other position I want to talk about with them is slot corner. So you you get a secondary theme here, right? Um, Jordan, uh, Jordan Lewis was. Um, Was a big hole for them They gave him a good bit of money Just not comfortable there Um, You know So they've got a lot of needs And I think there's Needs to be heavy On in the secondary in this draft Um, If you look at it Do they Are they in love with any of the edge rushers Don't, don't, Don't ever Don't rule out while there's not a defensive tackle worthy. If you're in love with one of the edge rushers, guy that can rush the passer, you know, that might be something that might, you might see them do. Um, it's kind of kind of look there. They've, they've this is the team that's got a, again, a lot of holes defensively defensive tackle add another pass rusher secondary is a mess still think they need a young linebacker. I mean, all those needs are fair game. So, and then offensively a left tackle, um, a center, all those are needs. All those are weak spots. And so, yeah, there may be, it's a bigger need, a defensive tackle, but you're not going to take a defensive tackle at 10 or you shouldn't in my view um, in this draft. So, again, take the best player because quite frankly, your needs are so varied that it's probably going to fit. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, let's see, we got the Nick, uh, Akeem McNeil. Yeah, a- Akeem McNeil, I think, is uh, Michael Rockman. Um, yeah, I think he can be a three-technique but I don't think he's an elite guy. And I think that as a fit there in the third round for them would certainly at 75, if he were there, I think it'd be really good value. I do not see value there for them at 44. What I mean is I think there's a better player. So big year for all the teams in the East, because I think there's obviously it's competitive to where the team that could step up and get good quarterback play and fill some of these holes. Hey, look out, bring them on. That's maybe your best team. You've got Philly with quarterback issues. You got Washington with quarterback issues. You got the Giants that don't quite know what they have at quarterback. You know, you got Dak there. Regardless of what you think his worth was in terms of his contract, he is the only thing that's somewhat proven in that. Division, So they've certainly got a shot, but the Cowboys have never really managed their roster and never really, I thought, have always poorly allocated funds for certain players, just like I mentioned with Lewis. Uh, We need that. We get themselves in such a bad way where you overpay. Even with Dak, they could have gotten that deal done two, three years ago and didn't. Poorly managed the roster leaves a lot of holes. And I don't think they have really good depth, but it's a division that's manageable. So we'll see. We'll see who can get up off the mat first in the NFC East and likely going to win the division. Over to the New York Giants. Um, you know, Bradbury, corner, really, is one of the better players that you probably don't hear enough about. He is a really good good outside corner and I thought was really good. Um, they signed him last offseason. I thought it was a really good signing. Yet they still not that good in coverage overall. He's done well. Um, they are not good. Uh, they're edge defenders. They're third to last in pass rush. I mean, you, you see the theme. We're going to go through these four teams, and you're going to hear a lot of the same warts. And it's why they're bad. Um, you know, Daniel Jones is, you know, can be serviceable, be decent. How good? Decision maker. You know, everybody talks about that, but I can't believe Matt Jones, where'd he come out of this, that, and what the, didn't we just go through this with Matt Jones with smart guy, decision maker. There we go. We'll see how, we'll see how well it goes. They, not as bad um, across the way with the Jets putting a team around Sam Darnold. Sam Donald's a more talented guy than Daniel Jones, but Daniel Jones hadn't had a whole lot of help. We're going to get into that. Um, they didn't, didn't, he didn't develop very well. Again, it's hard to develop when you don't have talent around them. It's just like somebody asked yesterday about, you know, Drew Locke. Well, the, the same thing. Yeah, to some degree, but there's a little bit more there and you see some of the things that may or may not be lacking. So, let's look at, let's look at the needs and varying orders. Um, I'm just gonna start in the offensive line and, and it's just been forever since they've tried to correct some of those issues. It's, um, the center situation we're gonna get into a little bit more. I don't like them at center right now. I don't like the way they're playing there. It's not, it needs to be upgraded. The guard play has not been good. Uh, they signed Zach Fulton. It's, you know, the interior there, the offensive line hurting the development of the quarterback. Um, you know, they got a couple of decent number two receivers. They signed Galladay and Ross. Um, John Ross got to get more difference makers there. Um, tackle. Um, You know, the injury with Nate Solder, can he hold up? Young guy there is needed. Um, So, I mean, offensive line we addressed. Got a really good young running back, but running back depth. Playmaker at receiver. You know, we don't know about the quarterback and I can't sit there and tell you he's going to be good enough. I can tell you this, they're not good enough around him to really know. A lot of needs on the offense. In the secondary, we talked about now. Dory Jackson can help the corner put spot, so I'm hopeful for them that Bradbury can play and build off of what he did. Dory Jackson, I thought should have been captain Tennessee. That gives them some hope there. Edge rusher, we just talked about. Um, they've got some solid guys, but they don't have guys that can win consistently. They got to scheme them open a little bit or scheme opportunities for him to get rushed. Ryan Anderson and um, is, um are serviceable guys but not difference makers. Uh, defensive tackle. Um, you know, Leonard Williams and Danny Shelton, when well, Leonard Williams comes back, Dalvin Thompson moves on. Really good run defender. Danny Shelton is not a wash but a similar type player. But I thought the defensive line graded fairly well for um, the Giants. But there's evidence that shows you they're not going to be as good. The production won't be as good next year if they don't upgrade, I think, with a tackle and at least one edge rusher. Linebacker, um, I think Blake Martinez has been outstanding. He's one of the best linebackers, off-the-ball linebackers in some time, but they don't have a whole lot else. So, I mean, we just, you know, go through these teams. What do you need? I mean, (laughs) defensive end, defensive tackle, depth at linebacker. We just went through the secondary. I mean, my goodness. Um, You know, depth at running back. um, You know, Devontae Booker is maybe, you know, can provide that for you. But it's like you don't need to worry about drafting for need. Man, you just draft best player. It's going to be at a position of need for these teams. Pretty easy. Now, I do think there's some hope at receiver with what they've done. There's hope at corner with what they've done. Kenny Galladay is one of the more underrated receivers. Is he a one? No. Are you going to get a one? Probably not. M- maybe one of those elite receivers, would they take him? Yeah. Don't know. I got a question about Dave and I've known Dave for years. It's a big guy complex, so he may, he may take that. But that's something that that they, at least they can be better at receiver, even though they may lack the, the true number one guy. Adoree Jackson, as I mentioned, has a chance to really help them out. Three years, 39 million. Um, limited to 14 games the past two years. That's the problem. That's why they let him go in Tennessee. But he's 26. Again, hell, theme here. Shelton is... Big time run stuffer came off his worst year because of knee injuries. If it can bounce back, you got something there. Um, the the RFA, um, Odebigo, is lots of potential. We'll see how that plays out. Um, Leonard Williams, you know, there's a lot of talk about him. He's gotten a lot of flack. This guy played well, graded out well last year for the Giants. Um, To kind of address the guard position again, part of it was Kevin Zeitler. Um, coming off a down year last year, he still played well in a down year for him. They saved 12 million. He's 31, so they're just moving on. I get it, but it doesn't make them, it doesn't make them better for this year. So you're looking at a number of things. Let's kind of just try to address a couple of them. You know, where do they go at 10? I know there's a lot of talk, this and that. What if they'll do? But edge rusher. You start looking at the board, pure pass rusher off the edge. Um, Kyler Fackerl's not there. Uh, and you look at guys like um, Lorenzo Carter with an Achilles, the minis with a shoulder, Carter Coughlin. I mean, it's just question marks there. Would they go with an edge rusher this high? Do they like any one of those guys? Do they um, Would they like an Ojalary? Maybe a little high. Maybe a, little, a better player on the board, but for them, they might consider it. They may have those guys rated right a little bit higher. Not out of the question. A little bit high at 11 for the Phillips, you know, any of the defensive ends, but maybe not. It's about where you would start these guys on the big board. Uh, that's about where I've got them start going. So I think we can think about edge rusher for them, but I don't know. I don't know. They'll be the best players still on the board might be um, might be a linebacker, might be a corner might be a receiver still there. I think value with need is going to be an edge rusher, not a defensive tackle, but an edge rusher. Um, Vera Tucker might be someone that they may be intrigued by. I don't think I'd go center that they would not go center that high, but I think offensive tackle, I think defensive end. Is where value is going to be on the board at some of their need spots. So, what could it be? Could it be a Ojalori? Could it be a, you know, how do they grade Pay? How do they have uh, Phillips and Russo uh, try on? Um, I tell you, the guy that you got to look out for, folks, that, you know, and I got him, you know, 21, he's he's probably going to go higher. Uh, and again, 5 through 24 on the board are fungible. I, the more and more, um, I think about it Zaven Collins of Tulsa will go higher than people think don't be surprised if he's a factor because he's a guy that's got real edge rush ability he's up to 268 270 so that's going to be interesting to see we're getting into the area where you get out of this top 6 8 10 and that that all everybody's talking about they'll be a good offensive tackle they'll be good um there'll be a good edge rusher, they'll be a good offensive lineman, they'll get a good player. I am I'm, I'm convinced of it. Just trying to figure out where they would go. Would uh Rashawn Slater, Vera Tucker, uh would be uh, strong considerations. Um the ed, the the edge rushers, I, I think second round. You know, Creed Humphrey's probably gone. Minors at, at some point. Um, you know, I can tell you, at 42, maybe Asasi's still there. Joe Tryon, Carlos Basham, um, Ronnie Perkins, Patrick Jones, Rashad Weaver. Those are some interesting guys. So they've got a chance, I think, but I think it's going to be another big guy draft and not just because that's kind of what the theme has always been with Dave. Um, Jigs Net says, Chris, I know, you know, Gediman pretty well. Um, I don't think he's ever traded down the first round. To me, this could be a great year to trade down. Do you think he would if the offer was right? Yes, absolutely would. The whole then trade down, That's it doesn't mean that you won't trade down. It just means that you hadn't, and there are always reasons for it. I think it depends, though. You If you're at 11, you're not trading down if you've got A, an elite player at what might be an odd position. Like, I'm going to tell you, it wouldn't really fit for what I just said about edge rusher and offensive tackle, so on. What if one of those elite receivers are still there? They now have a chance to get a number one receiver. Now, it's not the biggest need. Because they've addressed it with Galladay and they've got some guys, but that's probably going to be the best player on their board. I'm guessing, or at least I'm assuming based upon what's on my board. That's a consideration, in my view. Uh corner, there's there's going to be great value at corner. I think receiver or corner is very likely going to be on the top of their board when they pick. Not meaning the best players available will be one of those guys at at least one of those guys at that position. I'm guessing. But have as I have them stacked among the six five grades. If you see that on Landry football. um, But I think that while the edge rushers and maybe some of the tackles are just a few rungs down stack wise it's not a reach to take any one of those guys. So I think it's interesting, um, you know, looking again, a reminder, they've got 11, 42, 76, 117, 197, and 202. Uh, they got all their picks in uh, next year's draft. So we'll see trading down. Yes. So if those guys to answer your question, if those guys are gone and they don't think there's great value. Yeah. Would you move down? Yes. But that's a, you know, a generic, yeah, of course, but the real answer is, yeah, where am I moving down to? What what, what am I going to get, you know, um, to move down and how far? And, you know, it absolutely is doable. Would I say it's likely? No, because I think there'll be a really good player there. And I think if you look who would want to move up, I could see maybe somebody moving up, maybe, two or three spots, I would say from 11 to 12, 11 to 14 and 11 to 15, I could see somebody wanting to move up. Would I move down? Yeah, I could get one of those, those secondary players. I can get an edge rusher and get a, uh, an offensive tackle moving down one to three spots. Yes. So yes, I would do that, but I might take myself out of that elite player. So the answer, that elite player, that elite receiver, that elite corner. So what What if, we just talked about certain what if Sertan's still on the board? You're going to pass him up? You're going to pass, you know, you're not You're not getting him moving down three, four spots. But do you like Farley just as much? Do you like Horn just as much? Um, you might not get any specific one of those edge rushes that I mentioned or any one of those one or two specific, tackles that I mentioned. But you're going to get one of them if you move down. So it really depends on how high you have the top guy there. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, it's always a possibility. that uh, says, listening to Chris reminds me how depressing my team is. Giants are so bad. Yeah, well, I'm probably doing a bad job. Um, but there, the East is bad. But there is hope. Uh, Nola Jack, welcome, Nola Jack. Do you consider Drew Brees a Let's see what he says here. Uh, do you consider Drees a WB that Sean Payton developed? If not, who has Sean developed at quarterback? Um, I'm not quite sure. WB, I guess I'm drawing a blank here. What do you mean? Sean, uh Drew Brees, the success of Drew Brees. Um it uh, there's a lot of credit should go to Drew and to Sean. Do I think Drew would have been good anywhere? Do I think he'd have been really good in Miami with Nick Saban and the Dolphins? Absolutely. Um, the fact that he was with Sean Payton helped him out a lot. Um, look, I think that that Sean, you, you say, well, who has he developed? Well, I mean, you look at it. Um, I mean, Sean, I will say this, it's a short sample size, but when they didn't have Drew Brees the last couple of years, when he's been out injured for the stretch, they've won. They've done very well without it. Now, it's a big difference between doing it for 16 games and see what you can do then. It, it, Sean Payton without Drew Brees is not going to be as good. Drew Brees without Sean Payton, you know, at probably maximize how good drew breeze could be and drew breeze was hall of fame level i think sean deserves credit for that and i think i think drew deserves you know probably the majority of the credit because he's really really good uh we'll see what sean can do and i think he's eager to show that by the way uh and we'll get into that more in the nfc south preview which will be uh, on monday um i think he's either eager to prove what he can do with Jameis Winston, what have you, and a younger quarterback, but Drew Brees was special. He won't, it is unlikely that the next guy is going to be anywhere near what Drew Brees was, uh, for a number of reasons for Sean. Um, but it's really, really was a good match. Um, look, Sean has done a good job. I think Sean, when he was, um, brief time in Philly and in New York did a good job, but Look, he did a good job. He was the guy that got the Cowboys on Tony Romo. He And I know it was actually his school, but he did like him. And you know what? He did some good things with him. Now, you may say, ah, Tony Romo's over it. He got, he got a lot out of him. And I do think that if you're looking at some of the best quarterback teachers and play callers and play designers, I think Sean Payton is in that elite category. It does not mean that you plug anybody else in and it's going to be as as good. It, it, it won't. It doesn't work that way. It's not a, well, who's better? You better have both. You are driving your vehicle, you better have a transmission and tires because if you're lacking one of them, you're not going very far. The Philadelphia Eagles, boy, that team – I think, boy, it's, a, it's an example. You'll win the Super Bowl and look up we got a Super Bowl team. It has just been a steady decline ever since. It's been roster mismanagement. A GM that doesn't have real strong football acumen but thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. Um, I don't know what they're doing at quarterback and I don't know what they're going to do. Um, Jalen Hurts is an intriguing guy in the second round. I think Carson Wentz's problems were more how things were handled, but I think jury's still out on Carson. He's got to prove his mental toughness and we'll see what he can do under Frank Wright. Now, that's another good quarterback teacher. And Frank Wright over at Indianapolis. Jalen Hurts is, is a guy that can make some off-platform throws, some off-structure throws, but boy, he's He's not a consistent guy in the pocket. I don't know. I don't rule out Philly being in the quarterback business and they'll get hammered for it. And I, you know, this this is this is a team. This is an organization that I worry about right now more than any in the NFC East. I I, I see some positives. In Dallas, I see some positives in the aforementioned Giants. I know I was talking about all the negatives. I mean, they're there. You got to do it. But hey, roll your sleeves up, get it, get it done. I, I, I just don't know. The Eagles have done a poor job developing. They've been a poor job of evaluating, and it's just it's a mess. Um, Guys that just didn't work out. um, If they ride only with Hurts, they're going to struggle. The receivers are young and unproven. The receivers were dead last in terms of receiver grades in the league. They were the dead last. And got Greg Ward and Travis Fulgham and Jalen Rieger and JJ uh Arcego Whiteside. And they thought uh, Jalen Rieger was better than Justin Jefferson. And part of that is misevaluation. Part of that is lack of development and in lack of leadership in, in the organization. <clears throat> I mean, I I think they need Two linebackers on defense. I think they need two corners on defense. I think they need a defensive tackle. I think they need a safety. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, um, the 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 defense was miserable last year in Philly. The linebacker is a big part why. They only signed Eric Wilson. Uh, dreadful linebacking court. Dreadful. Really bad. Really looked bad. Uh, two corners, big area of weakness. Been a liability for them for quite some time. Um, defensive tackle, use another player to help improve that pass rush. Safety isn't big of a need as the other spots in the back seven, but it still needs to be addressed. I mean, Anthony Harris, Andrew Adams, those are short-termers. We talked about receiver. Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. I mean, do they draft? They'll be in a position to get somebody. Uh, uh, you know, Chase will be gone, Devontae Smith or Waddle, One of them may be there. What do they do there? What do they do at quarterback? They Joe Flacco. What's the future there their quarterback? I mean, we know what the future quarterback is in Dallas. I know there are question marks in, in New York, but not nearly as much as, I mean, I feel more comfortable about doing something but but in in Philly, I, I'm really concerned. Washington's got issues there too. Tight end situation uh, need another guy there. I mean, it's 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 really it's really a dire situation. Anthony Harris was signed. I, I he had a great year in 2019. Um, when he entered free agency, the Vikings gave him a Ewing's contract, and he regressed. He wasn't the dominant player. We'll see what he can do. Eric Wilson also signed from the Vikings, linebacker. I thought he did a pretty good job, graded out pretty well as the third linebacker for Minnesota, but he missed too many tackles. He can cover fairly well. Boston Scott, the RFA is um, the backup behind, uh, can be a solid backup behind Miles Sanders. You know, I'm looking at the offensive line, and, and that was the strength of the unit. Dillard, Ciamalo, Kelsey, Brooks, Lane Johnson. Uh, not bad. It's comparatively speaking, not as bad as some other spots. So, where do they go? Um, let's look at their picks again just to run them through. They had 12, 37, 70, 85, 124, 151, 190, 225. 226, 235, and 241. They hold all their picks uh, next year. They have an additional first-round pick from Miami and an additional conditional second-round pick next year that can become a first-round pick as part of the Carson Wentz trade. So here's the thing. It's a bad team, and they got a lot of ammunition to fix it. I don't trust the guy that's being put to fix it because they don't have a football guy as a GM. They got a young guy as a head coach, and I really worry about their situation. Let's look at outside corner. Um, at 12, I think there'll be a really good one there. Sutan may be gone, but I think uh, Horn or Fairley will be there. Makes some sense there. Darius Lay has one more season of guaranteed money. I think they're going to be looking for cover two guys. I think they'd prefer Sutan, but he may be gone. Um, I think they're going to probably play less cover one and more cover two in their scheme. Stokes and Campbell and Samuel. Melifano, Joseph, some down-the-road guys for them. Um, receiver, we just talked about it. Rager, I think, can be a number two. I think can be a really good number three. Could be a really good number two. What what can they get there? They'll be out of the Jamar Chase business. He'll be gone. But Smith Waddle with a 37. What's there? Bateman may be gone. Tony Marshall probably gone. Tutu Atwell, Downey Brown, Towan Wallace. Slot corner, it's a big need now, man. I mean, it is a big need. It's a starter position. Um, I don't like them. I don't like their slot corner situation. Lining up in nickels, a problem. Lining up periods, a problem. That secondary, as I mentioned, so bad. And then linebacker. Uh, so, you know, Morg's going to, you know, too high at 12, I think. Samuel Robinson, Elijah Molden. Those are some options. A linebacker, they got Alex Singleton, T.J. Edwards, Devion Taylor, Sean Bradley, Rashad Smith, Joe Bashy is an off-ball linebacker. Um, not out of the question to go Michael Parkins if he's there. There's some value with him. Some people may think high for Xavier Collins. Again, I think he's going to go a little high. Uh, then people think Johnman Davis, Nick Bolton, Jabril Cox, Jess Surratt, some later options. A lot of needs, a lot of picks. Can they get them right? Secondary, corner in particular, linebacker, receiver. Who's the best player on the board at 12? Going to get iffy. We're talking to these teams in this 10, 12, 13 range. Somebody's slipping. Would Philly be in the quarterback business? Would they go up and get Justin Fields? Would they take Justin Fields if they were there at 12? Or Trey Lance? Would they do that and now have two quarterbacks to develop? I I don't. I'm I'm throwing it out. I'm not saying I think it. It's a rhetorical question. Um, They're they're in a bit of a mess, and not that they don't have draft capital. They're probably in the best position to fix it. But uh, I don't think of a division of screw-ups with a Washington owner, that's bad a cowboy situation that doesn't have a football guy running things. Um, Giants have been criticized. The Eagles have done as bad of a job as anybody of kind of messing up a really good team because they had something going pretty good and they screwed it up. Um, Washington. We'll finish up with them. They entered free agency with a dire need of receivers. They've got one of the best in Terry McLaurin. And they were dead last creating overall at receiver because he's got no help. Receiver, tight end. Uh, they picked up Curtis Samuel, obvious, uh, ironically a teammate of McLaurin's uh, at Ohio State. Uh, boy, you really had a good year under Joe Brady's offense in Carolina. It gives them a weapon. Uh, Ryan Fitz will, Fitzpatrick comes in and he's a short-term answer. Got to find a long-term answer. Um uh, Remember, this is where the owner told his people want to move up to get Dwayne Haskins. and We'll see what Dwayne can do, whether he can do anything in in Pittsburgh, but that's an issue there. So quarterback, long-term future, we'll see. They may be in the quarterback business. Is Trey Lance somebody they would take? Um, Justin Fields, who knows? Um, Left tackle. Alex Smith, Heineke, Alex Smith struggled. He's retired. Heineke, Fitzpatrick uh, is the guy need better protection. They're not good enough at left tackle. Was a huge hole on the offensive line. Linebacker, another bad linebacking core. It was already troubled. And you've got some older guys like Pierre Lewis and Thomas Davis that are moving on. They franchise Brandon Sheriff, um, but they need a young offensive guard. They need not only to address receiver, but Samuel has to hit for him. And they're going to need Cam Sims to step up along with McLaurin, and then, then things can start to get a little bit better. Ronald Darby played well at corner. Um, he's gone to Denver. Signing William Jackson, Darryl Roberts. Um, let's take a look at what they did do. William Jackson was signed at corner over from the Bengals. It's been a good corner for them. So, um, it's a neat spot. He can help. He's just got one full season. Can he stay healthy? Curtis Samuel, we just talked about his playmaking ability, explosive playmaker with the ball in his hands. You're going to need that with a guy that can work underneath with Fitch would make a lot of sense. Uh, it will make it a lot of sense and will help them. It makes a lot of sense in what they did. Brandon Sheriff, when healthy, has been grading out one of is one of the top guards in the league. He can also play tackle on the pinch. <clears throat> not quite thirty. Um, Look, they could play another four or five years. Needs some break to be, um, you know, to, to need some breaks health-wise. He's missed three, five, and eight games over the past five years. So they lost Darby to the Broncos. Um, so the quarterback situation is a one-year rental, so you got to figure that out. I think that's in play for the skins at 19. I do. I mean, even moving up. Left tackles in play. There's value there. Um, You know, the entire offensive line returns, but they can upgrade. And then remember that Cornelius Lucas is going to be a free agent after 2021. So, I think there's really good options there. Barrett Tucker makes some sense. Shaw, Cosme, I think Slater is going to be gone. Second round: Leatherwood, Radness, Carmen makes some sense. Hudson, Lickle, uh, Little, Brady, Christensen. Um, linebacker would make some sense with Michael Parsons if he were there. Um, I think it's a little high for uh, Jeremiah owusu koromara Saving Collins would factor in there in my mind. Nineteen would make a whole lot of sense. Jalman Davis, Nick Bolson, uh, Bolton, Javero Cox later on. Um, receiver, don't like anybody at 19 outside of the elite guys. I guess you can start thinking Terrence Marshall. You can start thinking Kendarius Tony, but I do think you got Curtis Samuel, the same type of guy. Um, Elijah Moore, I, I don't know that I see a receiver at 19 unless one of those, unless it's Marshall or unless one of those top guys slips all the way to 19. Then, makes a lot of sense. Free safety. Um, I think Cameron Carroll can play free. Didn't take a lot of snaps there. You know, Del Rio wants to play cover one and cover three. He needs to find a true free safety. Um, So, Richie Grant, Andre Sisco, the names we've mentioned, Adarius Washington, Damar Hamlin, Richard LeCount, those are the type of guys later that would make some sense. So, another team in the division with a whole lot of needs. I mean, what did you expect? Everybody has needs. And we go, when I go through it, it's not just, you know, it's upgrading each position, even though sometimes the position is pretty good, but it's thinking a year ahead. But everybody's got needs. But I don't know there's – well, I do know there's not a division where all four teams have as many dire needs as the NFC. So That's why their record's so bad. The rosters are so bad. And they got a long way to go. the The positive is, you know, the Eagles kind of let everybody back in. The Eagles had it gone. The Eagles screwed it up, and they were riding high, and they just fallen back. And they're, as I said, don't know whether they can rebound, get off the mat. But basically, it's a all is fair game in that division. Everything's kind of wide open. So that's a look at the NFC East tomorrow we will look at the nfc north monday nfc south and tuesday nfc west um so we will we'll continue with the series a couple of things before we get out of here do you think jalen hurts uh, football fans you want to do you think Jalen hurts can keep the job what are his strengths and weaknesses yeah we just kind of went over that i'll mention it again um i don't think he's a starting caliber quarterback. He's a runner. He's a competitor. He's a leader. That's his strength. I think he can make some off-structure throws, but I don't think he's a guy that can, can make consistent throws from within the pocket. I think he, you know, I don't know what they were thinking. At least I, you know, to make sense of their pick last year would be to say, um, if you're going to use Jalen Hurts, as the slash guy, the situational quarterback, as a guy that can get you through a game and maybe get you through a few games if Carson Wentz goes down and truly develop him as a backup and a slash player, you know, as much as I think you're leaving better players on the board last year in the second round, that at least makes some sense. Now that you moved on from Carson Wentz, now, no, I don't see he's a number one quarterback. Um, I don't see that. So I don't know what you're doing. I mean, some of those things that just, you know, you try to make sense of it. You know, I just don't know. Uh, we'll see how it, how it plays out, but listen, I'm hopeful. My goal is to help everyone and there's always going to be teams that are bad because that's the result of teams being good. I want everybody to do well and I'd like to see everybody be pretty good and everybody be in a position to where they can make a few moves and turn things around, but in this division, there's a whole lot of work. There's a whole lot. It's not a whole lot of work to win the division. I don't mean that, but there's a whole lot of work to to do anything, you know. Because winning the division is your Super Bowl, because you you might be able to pull up a massive upset in one round of the playoffs. You're not doing that consistently beyond that. So um, take a look at it. A reminder again: check out LandryFootball.com. Really appreciate all of you. Uh, I'm I'm glad. Um, that your, the feedback is good and appreciate Kevin Largo fantasy football. All of you, Nola, Jack, Jigstad, um, Michael, um, LSU talk, all of you guys that are, that are joining. And we, we certainly hope to grow that group and, and, uh, add more fan bases to the mix and whatnot. Um, really appreciate check out landryfootball.com If you have not done it, uh, we'll be here, do the NFC North, uh, Tell everybody if you can help me out on the social media, whatever you about the draft show so that we get a whole bunch of people there. It's heck, it's free. Just sign up. You guys do it so you know how to do it. Uh, Most of you are joining from the Twitch side. So join us there. We really appreciate you being with us. Have a great evening. We'll talk to you again tomorrow, everyone. Uh, We'll join you for SEC Football and Beyond in the morning with Neil McCready. Be some draft talk there with him, I'm sure as well. Uh, And then uh, tomorrow afternoon, 4 p.m. Central Time, NFC North up on track. We'll continue on as we get you ready for the NFL draft just one week away. Have a great one, everyone.